We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. It's trying to deny again. Harris gets free. And now dribbles it out, and that'll do it. Boy, this is a heartbreaker for the Knicks. A game they led by nine to start the fourth. Uh, two friends, part of that coaching staff that won a championship with the Celtics. But a difficult loss for Tom Thibodeau and the Knicks as the Sixers, without Joel Embiid, able to beat the Knicks. Knicks missing some of their key players as well. They could have used Derrick Rose tonight, but falls short. All right. Ugh. Another frustrating loss. Um, different kind of frustration than last night, but frustrating nonetheless, um, especially because the Knicks led this game throughout. Although, I don't know, this does not feel like a game that they blew um, just because Sixers are a better team. Sixers were at home. Sixers over the last two years have been far and away the best home team in the league. Um, they have been rampaging of late this just it felt like the Sixers were going to make a run and the Sixers made a run and it didn't help that the Knicks only scored uh however many points they scored in the fourth quarter 14 um only hit four field goals as they just noted on the broadcast I mean the big takeaways from this game for me are you know this is what it looks like when Julius Randle um gets tired he played 41 minutes last night. He played 40 minutes tonight. Uh, I guess they'll they'll probably round it up. Um, but you saw Randall get tired, and he has not gotten tired all year. Um, he's getting tired now. Um, I'm sure there will be some people that will look at how he went about this game over the last, you know, quarter and a half or so and say, see, this is what you get when you run a guy into the ground over the first, you know, 40 games of the season. I, I'm not going to say that. I think it was more just a product of he had to go 40 minutes last night and he had to go 40 minutes again tonight, and this is what it is. I will say this. Down the stretch, I didn't think Randall forced it. Um, 
I may be missing one or two shots, um, but I thought for the most part, although he was forcing it a little bit there and maybe the beginning of the fourth, end of the third, I thought for the most part he was trying to make the right play down the stretch. And ultimately, this came down, this game came down to, aside from, you know, the Sixers finally scoring some points in the fourth quarter, RJ Barrett got a couple shots. You're you're happy to have him take any time. And then Emmanuel quickly got the big shot to tie it up. And those guys just missed. And 20 and 21-year-olds are going to miss sometimes. Um, got our first comment in the Super Chat tonight from Stevens Guillaume. The NBA really did the Knicks a disservice with this schedule. Yeah, they did. But at the same time, I mean, look, we were all, whether we admitted it or not, wondering to ourselves how real this team was over the first half of the season. They came out, obviously, in that first game after the break against Milwaukee in Milwaukee. Absolutely got their doors blown off. Um, they look like they did not belong on the same court as the Bucks. Now, I will note that the Bucks were the only team of the three Eastern Conference superpowers that they faced that was fully healthy, and I do think that's worth noting. However, I think even without Durant and even without Embiid, the Nets and the Sixers are still two of the top three teams in the East. Are they as strong as they otherwise would have been? No, they're not. And if the Nets had Durant and if the Sixers had Embiid, would these games have both come down to the wire? Probably not. But then again, um, I think you're looking at between the Sixers and the Nets, two of the, you know, five or four, four or five best teams in basketball. So I thought these were legitimate tests for the Knicks. I thought the fact that it was a back-to-back obviously hurt. Um, but it's a loss against the better team. And it's a loss against a better team that you made the other team earn. Um, I feel like they obviously left it out all, all out on the court. I thought their defense was largely outstanding throughout the entire game. Um, there was that one, you know, moment at the end where they let Harris, um, you know, basically stroll down the red carpet for a dunk. Other than that, I did not see a real defensive breakdown the entire night. Um, the missed free throws are annoying. The fact that they only shot. Um, the fact that they only shot, what did they shoot from three? They shot eight for 24 from three. Also annoying. Um, yeah, there were a lot of annoying things about this game. Um, but you took a really good team down to the wire. I know I am often a, um, a Knicks apologist, but this one, this one feels, dare I say it, like a moral victory. Um, thank you for the comment in the super chat row one, uh, Brooklyn, New York. Uh, we're not healthy. We're not healthy. We're missing our starting center. We're missing our, you know, however order you want to put them in. We're missing two of our point guards. This team is essentially playing without a point guard right now because all due respect to Emmanuel quickly. He's not yet an NBA caliber point guard. Alec Burks, love you. Not an NBA point guard. Frank Nilakina, I'm sorry. Thanks for playing not an NBA point guard. So they're essentially playing without a point guard right now uh, for two straight games. And they did what they could CT Pittman in the super chat. Thank you so much um, for, for chiming in again. I appreciate you. We're not there yet, but we are also close to being the team. We all want to see down the stretch. I'll look, I, I, I could go on here now. I could go on here a week from now. I could go on here two months ago. I could go on here, you know, three months from now. I'll say the same thing every time they're a player away. You know, I put a, a snip, snip snapshot snapshot 
in the um, newsletter the other day about how after your top eight teams, of which the Sixers are one of them, you have this group of 14 teams in the middle of the league that net rating-wise, they're separated by less than three points per 100 possessions. So the Knicks are just like a lot of other teams, which is like if you put a great player on the Knicks right now, guess what? The Knicks elevate to that top group. They don't have that great player, um, but they're still pretty good. Got a lot coming in the Super Chat right now. I'm going to try to get to all of this. Michael, what's going on, Michael Aaron? Um, RJ didn't have a great game, but compare him to Simmons tonight and earlier. Him versus Simmons tonight to him versus Simmons earlier in the season. Earlier in the season, Simmons locked him down. RJ was getting some stuff done tonight. He's getting stronger, more confident. Look, I know that this game did not feel like, um, or at least if you look at the final stat line, you're not going to put this alongside the games that um, RJ Barrett has been having over the last eight games. And it, it really has been the last eight because he was seven of 17 tonight, finished with 17 points. So same amount of points as shot attempts, four rebound or four assists, eight rebounds, eight big rebounds. Let's call it like it is. I'm putting this one in the positive column for RJ. Again, I am someone that has been massively hard on this kid over the last year and a half, almost two years now. I thought he held his own tonight. Would it have been nice if he made it a couple more, uh, made a couple more shots? Absolutely. Had a couple turnovers, but again, um, I don't know what their their defensive rating uh, ranking is this year. It's not as good as it it was last year. The Sixers, but they still, when they commit. They're as good as any defensive team in the league. Um, and, the you know, like you're going to have a 7-for-17 seven night. Uh, but the fact that he contributed to winning and he was a more of a help than a hindrance, I thought it was a good night for R.J. Barrett. Um, what else we got in the Super Chat? Single nod. How do they manage OB with Randall getting gassed? Um I'm going to I'm going to save that one for a second from now. I want to see if I get a, a simpler one, but I'll get to that one in a second. Uh Max Cyril. I know it's minor, but why not sub Frank in for Burks for those last two defensive possessions? You could always get Burke in after the timeout. You know, I think it's tough to play offense defense um in a situation like that only for two reasons in that specific situation. One, Frank has lost again as we've seen throughout his career. All confidence on offense. I mean, it was there are a couple painful things in this game. Obi Toppin's minutes were painful, but Frank trying to get a shot up, and specifically that last shot attempt that Frank had that I don't even know if it hit the rim. I'm not sure if I'm Thibodeau. I risk Frank getting it being in the game for a key offensive possession, especially especially when I thought Burks by and large defended well tonight and i think he's defended pretty well over the course of his time here so that's my answer to that uh question um did i miss a couple a couple more and then i'm gonna get to the ob one um chris lubin ob is part of the reason julius had to play 40 minutes second unit is on offense is gross again i'm gonna get to this in a second let me get this one more i'd rather have the Thibel kid his shots can at least hit the rim and he plays defense as well as frank maybe better is frank nervous um is frank nervous Frank's Frank. You know, I've given up trying to figure out Frank. He is – he's Frank. He's Frank. The offense comes and goes, um, you know, but here's what I'm done doing. I'm done putting it on the coaches. I'm done putting it on his teammates. I'm done putting it on anyone else. Frank is in control of Frank. And I think by and large, 
you know, in a game like last night, he could be 0-5. He's still a massive positive. Game like tonight, had a key steal, was good on defense. Is he the reason they lost the game? No. Was he more helpful to winning than he was probably not helpful? I'm not sure I could say that tonight. Um, let me talk about Obi. Um, he's in a dark place right now. Um, I like how I'm making this like a, a philosophical discussion about life. Just talk about basketball. He's in a dark place basketball-wise. Um, and I think, you know, defensively, obviously, the concerns are there. But if you're going to put him out on the court, you know, it's one thing for him to be in a situation where you're not playing to his offensive strengths, which has been for most of the year. But he's still been able to do some stuff on offense that helps you. His um his he was he's still been efficient all year up until these last like handful of games. Right now, he just is a guy that is out of sorts on offense. And I really do wonder whether or not it is a more difficult transition for him to be playing 10 to 12 minutes a game. And in those 10 to 12 minutes, he's not even the focal point of the offense because pretty much all the time when he's in there, he quickly's in there as well. And when quickly's in there, he's going to control the offense as he should. Uh, yes. Guinness it's my beer of choice. So that's a really difficult adjustment for a guy. What that was, I, he wasn't, you know, maybe by the numbers, the most high usage player in college basketball last year, but for all intents and purposes, he was the most high usage player in college basketball last year. He was the Dayton offense. And now he's coming in and he's trying to be a contributor, which is why you saw him shoot so many threes early in the year, because at least that was a, a way that he's like, all right, I'm going to have to make this part of my game. Anyway, it's painful right now. It's painful to watch him on offense. It's never easy to watch him on defense. Um, you know, someone just said in the super chat, uh, King Ace, OB stealing Knox's minutes is a travesty. I don't know if I'd say it's a travesty. It's not like, you know, we got, um, I'm just going to make, I'm say like LeBron James on the bench. Kevin Knox is Kevin Knox, but here's what we know about Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox could hit an open corner three. And right now, would it be better for the team this season for Kevin Knox to be playing OB Toppin's minutes? Absolutely. I think this is, um, I don't know if you want to call it a compromise. I don't know if you want to call it a show of faith. I don't know if you want to call it the coaching staff being in lockstep with the front office. Um, whatever it is, I think this is, uh, you know, they decided before the season, like, look, it's going to be a struggle. We are going to play top in, OB top in minutes every night. And right now, those minutes are not going well. Early in the season, I thought he wasn't a cause for them winning. I didn't think he was a cause for them losing. Right now, he's really not helping them. And that's why you see Julius Randle playing 40 minutes uh, in back-to-back games. Is there another solution besides Toppin? Yes, you could play Knox. Um, that's basically, I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, I would say play, play small ball with R.J. Barrett. But R.J. Barrett played – how many minutes did he play tonight? R.J. Barrett played 40 minutes tonight. You know, um, it it is it is what it is. They're a thin team right now. They have seven and a half healthy players at the moment that you feel really um, solid about saying, like, these are NBA rotation players. 
you know, and several of those guys are best suited to be seventh or eighth men on good teams. And they've taken these, you know, the Nets and the Sixers down to the wire in the last two games. So, again, um, frustrating, but you could turn it around and, and make it into a positive as well. Forgotten NYC. Offense has been brutal basically all year long. If Leon Rose isn't making calls after tonight, this team isn't making the playoffs as simple as that. Um, I'm not sure, you know, look, Tibbs, again, I, he's he's still my coach of the year right now. Um, if you don't think Tibbs has been talking to the front office, yeah, I mean, they talk every day, obviously. I'm not, I'm not you know, breaking any news here. But, like, Tibbs wants to win. And I, th- I think the, the if I was Tom Thibodeau, I would hold up game tape of these two games and be like, look at what I did with what you've given me. Imagine what I could do if you give me a little bit more. Imagine what I could do if you give me one more shot creator. You know, imagine what I could do with, you know, just throwing some names out there. Victor Oladipo, Evan Fournier, Lonzo Ball, um, hell, J.J. Redick. Um, I'm trying to think of like any other obvious names. There's really aren't any other ones, but like those sorts of guys. Um, and I guarantee you Tibbs would like for them to make a trade. But the question is going to be, if you have a front office where Brock Aller still has a lot of pull and going into this season, if you're Leon Rose and you and your front office have decided like, look, we're playing the long game here. We're not trading away first-round picks for guys who are ultimately not going to move the needle for us in the long run. As frustrating as it is to watch a game like this, I think if you're the Knicks, I still think you have to stay the course. And I think staying the course could mean still trading for a guy like Oladipo or Fournier or whoever else is going to come on the relative cheap. But I am not – I don't want any part of Buddy Hill. Apologies. I, I don't want part – but that's that's the thing, right? Like, it would be so easy to trade for Buddy Heald right now because you know who can't wait to get rid of that contract? Sacramento. Would Buddy Heald help them on the court right now? Yeah, probably he would help them a little bit. But is that an investment that you want to make if you're a smart franchise? Absolutely not. That would be, to me, a stupid move. Um, so I still think they have to play this smart. If there's an opportunity for them to make a, make a move that does not compromise long-term cap space – um, and, and, and draft assets do it. If not, I'm sorry, I'm going to pass CT Pittman with another comment in the super chat. Um, your record says who you are fact of life. Yeah. Your, their record is what it is. They're 20, they're a 20 and 21 team, um, with probably a dead even net rating. If I had to guess right now. Um, and then James, James, you won your bet tonight. So I'm happy about that. Harrison Barnes. I'm trying to think of other names. Did, I, um, shameless plug. Um, I have a podcast dropping at midnight tonight with um, Dan Favale, um, fellow Blue um, Blue Wire podcaster, in which we go through the whole league and we talk trades for 45 minutes and we both arrive at the same point, which is that there is no obvious trade out there. Like, I like Harrison Barnes, but if you read the reports of what the Sixers or, excuse me, the um, Kings are looking for, for for Harrison Barnes, hey, um you're not on camera. You could sneak over there. My wife is hope- wanting to not get on camera. The baby pooped on the couch. The baby pooped on the couch. And you need what thing? Don't worry. You won't be on camera. You're good. Okay. 
My baby, the baby pooped on the couch. This is breaking news from Nick's film school. The baby pooped on the couch. Is it on the actual couch? Oh, it's on the actual couch. That's, it's, it's I tell you, um, it's really not what you want. Um, but such is life. Um, I think that's what the Knicks did tonight. They pooped on the couch. Um, anyway, the uh, the Kings are going to want a first-round pick for Harrison Barnes um, and uh, probably a young player, too. I have no interest in, in giving that up. Uh, let's see what other names we have in the Super Chat uh, or other names we have in the chat. Uh, Lonzo or Rozier. Again, you know, would at this point, would I take on Rozier's contract? Absolutely. But if I'm the Hornets and I'm the sixth seed in the East, and I'm probably going to remain the sixth seed in the East if I if I retain, um, if I retain Terry Rozier, like, what? I'm not trading him for a for a you know Kevin Knox and you know the 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 Pistons pick. Um, he's good. He would help the Knicks a lot. So, like, these are the types of very difficult decisions that the front office has to make, and that is if these if these you know, players are even ever put on the market, which who knows whether they'll be. I, I always, I always, um, somebody's saying, get the fuck out of here. Um, shouldn't have cursed a first round pick for Harrison Barnes. Look, the Kings may not get a first round pick for Harrison Barnes, but I guarantee you, if you're the Celtics and you're Danny Ainge and you're calling Sacramento right now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And you're like, all right, what do you want for Harrison? They're going to be like, give me a, a, because those first round picks will not be good first round picks because you have Jason Tatum and um, Jalen Brown on your team. So, um, and your, your young players are not great, but I still think if the Knicks were going to, you know, make a trade for him, they would, they, that's what the Kings would ask for. No, 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 that's, that's, those are clean. <laughs> it's really, you know, things are going off the rails in the Macri household there. That's what happens when you have uh, when you have an infant child. Um, Don Cappuccini. I hope I got. If I don't get that right, I'm a bad Italian. I was legit scared when Toppin was on the court in the in the fourth. Uh, me too. We were all scared. He, he, you take your life into your hands every time Obi Toppin steps on the floor right now. But you know what can you do? All right. Let's um, let's take a few more, and then uh, I'm gonna. Try not to be up until three in the morning tonight writing this newsletter. Um, Jonas Plout. Jonas Plout always has good comments. Um, if the Knicks truly want to make a push, they should trade for a rental backup power forward. I don't want them to, but Obi doesn't help us and Tibbs doesn't trust Knox. Randall can't play all game. Um, I think you're 
I think it's an org- again, I think it's an organizational decision to continue to play Obi Toppin for, you know, whatever it is, 10, 12 minutes a game. So I'm not sure like could they go trade for a backup power forward? Yeah. I, I think they I think Knox would be fine. I think I think Tibbs trusts Knox. I think this is more about Toppin than not having the guy because I, I do think uh Knox, you know, could be that guy. See what my um what else we got here? Um, oh, wait. I missed this one. Sorry, James. Uh, everyone needs to relax. We're supposed to win 22 games. Future free agents and disgruntled stars are looking. Let's go, Knicks. All we need is Kawhi. One, all we need is Kawhi. And by the way, I'm not going to paraphrase it because um, I think it's worth listening to. But the Hoop Collective podcast today um, or maybe it came out yesterday, one or the other. No, it, no, it came out today. Um, spoke briefly about the Clippers situation, and the Knicks were brought up as basically one of the two teams that theoretically, if Kawhi was going to have a wandering eye this summer, that it would make sense could potentially interest him. And they all agreed that, like, look, Kawhi's probably not going anywhere. But, like, hey, fucking Crazier shit has happened in the NBA. That's all I'm going to say. Michael Aaron with another very generous contribution in the Super Chat. Thank you, Michael. We, I really can't tell you how much I appreciate you every night. Um, shout out to uh, Tennessee, by the way, uh, the, the the greater Knoxville area. Hot take question. The chat might kill me. I've been warned. Tonight aside, is Randall having the best season of any Nick in the last 20 years? His all-around game is better than Melo's. If not, where does his season rank? Look, I, you guys know me. I'm not. I'm not the biggest Melo guy. Um, in comparison to consensus, I don't think you could put Randall's season alongside Melo's. Um, from it's you know, judging Melo is so is so odd because. If you look at some of the advanced numbers and you look at even some of his just individual stats, you can make an argument that he had two better seasons than 2012-13. You can make an argument that 2013-14 was a better season for him individually, and you can make an argument that um, the the following season after that was better. Um, the, the first season with uh, Derek Fisher as head coach, when he was really passing the ball a lot and really trying to make his his – uh, teammates better or maybe it wasn't that one maybe it was the one after that maybe it was god it's been a while maybe it was uh 15 16 one of those two years uh, arguments for both of them but I, I can't say but other than those mellow seasons absolutely um randall is having you know the best next season of the last 20 years uh, all due respect to stefan marbury who i do think was was better here than we remember him um got a lot in the super chat i'm gonna get to all this um lunas mri I hope I got that correct. Are you encouraged about the fact that we took the Nets and Sixers to back-to-back down to the wire despite the heartbreak? Really appreciate everything you do now. Thank you. I appreciate everything you do uh, contributing. Yeah, I'm encouraged. Um, look, again, I'm the Kool-Aid man. I drink the orange and blue Kool-Aid. It is it is my – well, this is neither orange nor blue, but you could use your imagination. To me, these are character-building games. Um Let's see how they come out against Orlando. You know, it's all well and good that we 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 had these two games and showed up and like fought and clawed tooth nail the whole thing. But these types of feel good seasons can go down the shitter really quick. So yes, while I am very encouraged right now, 
Do they need to come home and beat the Orlando Magic, who I believe have lost eight games in a row? It, last I checked, maybe they've won one and I forgot. Um, yeah, they got to come come home and beat the, the Orlando Magic to get back to um, you know five hundred because right now they're they're a game under. Uh, Zolo J. Obi reminds me of a Nick legend by the name of James White. Look, it's too early for that. It's it, I I appreciate that, but let's see him. I don't judge. I do not like to judge rookies before they get a full season under their belt, especially when you have a rookie coming from the A10, and especially when you have a rookie uh, playing outside of his comfort zone in a role that he's not best suited for, and especially when you have a rookie who didn't really have a, tri- a real training camp, um, and, and all of the above. Uh, but is that unfair to say right now? No, it's it's not unfair to say. Uh, Orlando has lost eight games in a row. So, yes, how about you win this fucking game? Like, this is the type of game where if the Knicks lost against Orlando in two nights, like, all the feel-good from the last two games could could go, again, right down the right down the toilet. Um, hold on one sec. Uh, I'm making sure I didn't miss anything in the Super Chat because, really, I do appreciate these comments, guys. Um, the cost to improve – it costs to improve either cap space or a player – Everyone wants to buy low, but you can't be mad at one year, $6 million players when they play like that. Uh, from your boy, Benz, always with the good comments. Thank you, your boy, Benz. Um, let's give credit to Leon Rose and, and Worldwide West and Brock Aller and all the people who are responsible for building this team because they built it pretty deftly. And again, the, the, the grade that we give the Knicks on what they did this last offseason, it's still an incomplete. Because we do not have to, we we will not grade them fully until after draft night, this next draft night. And the reason for that is that is when their cap space will officially expire. I want to see what they do with their cap space right now because for as much as it's a possibility that they will not utilize it to their advantage, I still think there is a very significant chance that they might. Um, so in addition to those one-year players, um, that they got and have been doing good for the Nerlens Noels and the Alec Burks of the world. Who knows what else lies in store? Frank Corona Jr. What's up, Frank? Um, what would you give up for Lowry if he became available? Oh, goodness. Assuming he was going to resign after the year. Um, the problem is Kyle Lowry makes $30 million, and so you would need to give up $15 million in salary which means you would need to give up uh, Frank Knox and another salary. And I think it depends on what the Alex salary is and you might still be short. Let's just say for argument's sake, it was Alfred Payton. Let's say it was Frank Payton Knox. They would want at least the first round pick. Uh, they would want the Dallas. Uh, I, uh, I don't want to do this. Let's just no. Uh, let's sign Kyle Lowry in the offseason. You want you want to give Kyle Lowry the bag in the offseason, sign him for two years and fifty million dollars. Do that. I don't have any interest in giving up a first round pick and a young and a, a real good young player because I think like they'd want Obi if I if I'm guessing. Um, they'd fuck. They'd probably ask for Emmanuel quickly. I don't want to go down that road. Sign Kyle Lowry in the offseason if you want Kyle Lowry. And I love Kyle Lowry. So, you know. Um, what else do we have? Uh, CT Pittman back in the Super Chat. Thank you so much, CT. 
If you were GM, what's the call you would make tomorrow morning? Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, yes, uh, second, as I as I formulate this answer in my head, shout out to uh, our producer here, Andrew Claudio, who is thanking everybody from the Super Chat. I'm going to need to buy some new upholstery cleaner with this this money from the Super Chat, so it, it very much appreciated. Um, what's the call I would make tomorrow morning? Shit. Um, I'd call the Clippers to see if they want... Uh, if they want Alfred Payton um, and just to take him off my hands for a future second round pick, that's a call that I would make tomorrow morning. Um, somebody mentioned Godfather package for SGA. I'm, th- I'm thinking realistic calls. Um, I would, I would call my, my personal priority for this, for this trade deadline. If it was up to me, would be trying to f- somehow get a first round pick using my cap space. That's what I want. Um, I don't know that 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 such a deal is is going to be available. Or or if I can't use my cap space to get a first round pick, I would want to try to utilize my cap space to get a player that would otherwise cost me a first round pick that I might be able to get for something less than a first round pick. Like, again, I think I brought this up at some point in, in weeks past, like if the Sixers were going to make a play for Kyle Lowry and I could somehow get my hands on Seth Curry, but without giving up a first round pick and just inheriting him into my cap space, like, Oh my God, what I wouldn't do to, 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 to make that happen. Like that's the dream scenario is like, I'm not about the Oladipos and, and Fournier's and, and whoever else is that you want. Um, if they signed, if they trade for Lonzo, I'll be the happiest guy in the world. Do I want to give up what it's going to take to 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 get Lonzo now, just to pay him in the offseason? I'm not so sure about that. So it's like there is no obvious call. There's no obvious move for the Knicks to make. So whatever they do, they're going to have to be very creative. Um, you know, and it's going to probably require a third team. Uh, that's 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 what my guess would be. Um. Let's see what else we got. Um, I do want to hit on one question before I go. Someone mentions Turner. Again, unless you're telling me that there's some team out there who wants to really give me a real thing for for Mitchell Robinson, like a real thing, not some bullshit, and you can make that trade and then, you know, get Miles Turner for very little. Okay, that's a that's a. I'm happy to go down that road. I just I don't see that. I don't see that deal out there. All right. So this is a, a question from um, our esteemed producer, Andrew Claudio. Um, and then I'm going to get out of here. Uh, after watching both Brooklyn without KD and now the Sixers without Embiid, who do you like in a potential best of seven series? So I'll answer this question in two ways. Um, <laughs> by the way, Rashawn Brown with the comment, Macri answers like he's part of the organization. I think about these questions as if I was part of the organization. That's the only way I know how to answer them. So apologies if that comes off as, I don't know, not good. Um, if both teams are missing their respective superstars, um, I would take Brooklyn. And if you give both teams their respective superstars, so, uh, Brooklyn with KD and Sixers with Embiid, um, I'm still taking Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn is just 
I don't know how you stop Brooklyn. Um, I think that if the Nets play the Sixers, the Nets will have three of the four best players in the series. And, you know, I think that's enough to win. Um, so I would take Brooklyn. Uh, what else we got here? Dalsim, thank you so much for your contribution to uh, the Super Chat. Um, I see my, my uh, Andrew was writing in here. Quick shameless plug. We have a full trade day in line pod dropping at midnight where more than a dozen players are discussed. Yes, shameless plug. Go listen to that. Um, thank you, C.T. Pippen, for contributing to the upholstery. The upholstery cleaner fund. I have a nice couch too. We did not spend, we moved into this house four four years ago when my wife was pregnant. We didn't spend money on anything except for a nice couch because I knew my ass was going to be sitting on that, on that couch to watch a lot of Nick games. So we got a decent couch. So I would, it it would be nice to not have poop on the couch. That's all I'm going to say. Thank you everybody for watching. Um, uh, let me take one more. It's it's fabric. It's a, it's like a suede something or it's an it's it's a nice couch. Um, Michael Nixon, last one. Quickly is better off the bench um, at this point. Derek Rose, where are you? This is the last thing I'm gonna say. Last thing, I promise. Here's what I want. Leon Rose, if you're watching, which I'm sure you are, obviously. Um, <laughs> Michael Aaron, I have a spare Wayfair coupon if you need it. Thank you, Michael. Um, here's what I want for the trade deadline. Leon, Wes, um, Brock, if you're listening, trade Alfred Payton for whatever you can get. Trade him for um, a top 55 protected second round pick. I, I don't care. Start Derrick Rose. Limit Derrick Rose to 25 minutes a night. Keep Emmanuel quickly off the bench. Continue playing Emmanuel quickly 25 to 30 minutes a night. Make sure you get Emmanuel quickly, 10 or so minutes a game with Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. And then, you know, if you want to close some games quickly, close some games quickly and Rose and, you know, Barrett and um, and uh, Randle and one of your shooters. Um, that's what I want. That's what I really want. And And then figure out whatever the best way is, whatever the best offer on the table is to utilize your cap space to get something even if you're just getting a decent second round pick by taking some other team's crap, do that. Um, you know, if you could get Fournier or Oladipo for, for nothing, get them. Otherwise, you know, um, you know, you roll with what you got, but that's what I would like. That's my, that's my wish. Um, take it or leave it. And on that note, it is just past 11 o'clock. I'm going to see if I could, I'm going to see if I can bang out this this game story in an hour and and get to bed um, not too long after midnight. That is my personal goal for tonight. Everybody set goals for yourself. Goals are important in life. Um, Thank you for watching. Check out the podcast. Give us a thumbs up. Uh, Subscribe. The whole thing. Thank you, Andrew Claudio. And uh, I will see you on Thursday after the game. Adios, guys. 